morning Zion Church. My name is Tim Brown and it is my absolute privilege to share with you today today on Mother's Day. So just a little bit about myself before I get into it is that I am one of the pastors at Activate Church in Hamilton. So my role alongside my wife is to look after the Activate Church North Campus in Rotatuna. Something else about myself is I am Phil Brown's younger and far more attractive brother. Alright, well today we get to celebrate Mother's Day. We get to celebrate those amazing ladies in our lives. Yes, we're going to celebrate the mums in our lives, so the people who birthed us and raised us. But they say it takes a village to raise a child. So we want to celebrate all the ladies who have invested into us and have called us into who we are today and to continue to call us into who we are to become. So that's aunties, grandmas, nanas, Aunties, you know those ladies in your life that you've always called auntie, but they're not blood relatives at all. So no matter what the relationship is, these, these ladies are, they just have it all invested into us. So today we want to celebrate all those amazing ladies who have invested into our lives. And largely because they selfishly, patiently, bravely and gracefully chose to love us unconditionally. Often when we're being absolute ratbags, and often when it costs them to do so, either time, money, sleep, or even sometimes their sanity. So I am blessed enough to have an awesome mum. And so I want to tell you a story about my awesome mum. When I was a child, I was not good at reading. But my mum chose to help me with that. So every day, she would read with me. I remember when I was a kid, we would sit on my mum and dad's bed and she would read something like Wind in the Willow to me. And for the most part, I loved it. But there was this one day where I just didn't want to do it. I wouldn't have a bar of it. I argued and I argued and I argued till finally I decided I would run away. So I run, I walked up to the top of our hill, which is at the end of our street. And then when I got there, I realized what am I doing? I'm eight years old. I have no food, no money, nowhere to sleep, and I didn't even bring a change of undies, which for an eight-year-old doesn't really matter. But I thought, I'm not going to get out of this reading thing. So I walked back down to the hill, went into my mum's bedroom, sat on the bed with her with the attitude of, let's get this over and done with so I can go do something else. So my mum starts reading again, and after 10 minutes, she says to me, shall we stop there? And I had somehow forgotten in those 10 minutes that I didn't want to be there and said, nah, let's keep reading. Now, my mum must have thought I was crazy, but she loved me and she read with me. And she didn't tell me I was crazy, which is great. There is a selfless, redeeming, nurturing quality to mums that comes from a place of unconditional love. There are qualities we see in our mums that mirror qualities that we know God has. Qualities that call the best out of us, no matter how bad situations we've got ourselves into are, or no matter how badly we are behaving. So I want to focus on one of those qualities today. It's a quality called redeeming. There are a couple of reasons I want to focus on that word redeeming. Firstly, because mums will always call and believe the best in their children, no matter what the current circumstance says. There is a redeeming quality to how they raise us and love us that mirrors the redeeming quality we see in our God. It's a redeeming quality that 
sees what their kids can be, not what their kids currently are. We're all born into sin and we all mess up on a fairly regular basis, but our mums are there to love us, correct us and call us into something better. Just like my mum didn't accept the fact I wasn't a good reader and she chose to walk with me and in a sense redeem that aspect of my life. Also, that redeeming nature of God that we see in our mums is also for our mums. No mum is perfect. They're, we are all human, or they are all human, just like we are. And just like I threw all my toys out of the cot when I was growing up at times, I also saw my mum throw her toys out of the cot at times when she was having a bad day. Probably when Phil was being a brat. I want you to pause the video for a moment there. And if you feel comfortable enough, talk about one occasion where you didn't get this mother thing, mothering thing right, or this being an auntie thing right, or this being a spiritual mother thing right. Or if you're not a, a mum or one of those other significant ladies, talk about a time where you uh, didn't get being a child right, that you really upset your mum or did something you know was, 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 um, was bad, but not out of point of condemnation. The most important thing is, what did you learn from that time? Being a mum is so hard, but I just want to say how amazing all you mums are. Also, don't be too hard on yourselves if you don't get it right, because nobody does. Every day is a new day with new chances to get it right. And those days that you know have been so bad, do you know there's never been a bad day that is so bad that God can't redeem, that God can't use for his purposes, that God can't use for his good? That is how amazing our God is. So I want to talk about a particularly incredible mum today. Not because she was an incredible mum, but because she was also an incredible mother-in-law. Her name is Naomi, and we find her in the Book of Ruth, which is in the Bible. Now. Before I read some of these passages today, can I just apologize because I am going to butcher some of the names of both people and places in these passages. When judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judea left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Emeliak and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephraites, something like that, from Bethlehem in the land of Judea. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. When Emiliac died and Naomi was left with her two sons, the two sons married Moabite women. Uh, one married a woman named Orpah and the other a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kilian died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons and without her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughter-in-laws got ready to leave Moab and return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judea. So in short, severe famine had hit their homeland in Judea, so Naomi, with her husband and her two young sons, left Judah and went to Moab. Now, the next few verses are written quite matter-of-factly, and it would be really easy to just dismiss the significance of them and go, oh yeah, that happened. 
But there's a real significance and tragedy to what Naomi had walked through that left her without her two sons and without her husband. And also there's a real tragedy and significance to uh, Orpah and Ruth losing their father-in-law and their husbands. But the next few verses paint an amazing picture of this incredible mother-in-law, Naomi, and how she chose to unconditionally love her daughter-in-laws. Firstly, she gave them the option to choose their own freedom so they could again return to their own people. They had the option or the chance to marry again, the chance to have children again. In the midst of tragedy and despair, Naomi chooses her daughter-in-laws over herself. Naomi chooses, to try, Naomi chooses to try and redeem both Ruth and Orpah's future. Ruth chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 says, But on the way, Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, Go back to your mother's home, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Such is the love and the closeness in this little family that Naomi had cultivated that just at the thought of leaving Naomi, both Orpah and Ruth broke down and wept. They didn't want to leave Naomi. Ruth 1 continues, Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry anyone else? No, of course not, my daughters. And again they wept, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. Naomi, this incredible mother-in-law, recognized how miserable her life had become. And at the risk of being left completely alone without her daughter-in-laws, she chose to try and redeem a better life for them by sending them back to their mother and father's home where they had again the chance of a fresh start. However, Ruth wouldn't have a bar of it. She was going to stay with Naomi no matter what. This meant Ruth giving up the security of going back to her mother and father's home, the security of, of again being able to marry again and again being able to have children again. Going back with Naomi to Bethlehem meant living a life, picking up scraps that harvesters had left behind while they did the crops just so they had enough to eat. Ruth and Naomi were surviving off the stuff that was left behind by the harvesters. Life doesn't get much worse than knowing that what you eat is essentially other people's rubbish. This again is where we see Naomi's unconditional love for Ruth. Naomi and Ruth were in this hopeless situation where they were surviving off the scraps left by harvesters. Naomi again redeems the future for Ruth. And not just a future that was nice where they had enough food to eat and they lived in a house. Naomi redeemed a future that God had called Ruth into, where Ruth became part of 
God's big plan of salvation. Do you know that Ruth is the great-grandma of King David? Which means that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is descended from Ruth. So how Naomi makes this happen is through a man named Boaz. The field that Ruth had been picking scraps up from was a field that belonged to this man named Boaz. Boaz happened to be a close relative of Naomi's dead husband, Emiliac. And that means that through marriage, Ruth was also a relative of this man named Boaz. That means that Boaz could redeem Ruth's future. If you read Ruth 2, you see that Boaz had been really kind to Ruth. And you get the feeling that Boaz was probably pretty keen on Ruth. But... In a Hebrew culture, there is an order to things. So even if Boaz had feelings for Ruth, he could not act on them. Naomi knew that Boaz could redeem Ruth's future. And so she hatched a plan for her daughter-in-law that meant her future was far greater than she ever could have imagined or dreamed of. Now, I think Naomi had a clue that Boaz was pretty keen on uh, Ruth. And so she instructed Ruth what she had to do. Ruth chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. One day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it is time that I found a permanent home for you, so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he has been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young woman. Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath, put on perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. Dress to impress. Then go to the threshing floor. But don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. Ladies, I don't know how you got your husband to fall in love with you, but that is definitely not how my wife got me to fall in love with her. Times must have been very different back in Naomi and Ruth's day. But... Naomi knew what Ruth had to do to redeem the best possible future for her. And it worked. Boaz woke up to find Ruth at, her, at his feet. And once he'd got over the surprise of this young lady at his feet, he realized that Ruth was family through Naomi and that he was her family redeemer. So what that means is that not only could Boaz redeem Ruth's future, it meant that Boaz could redeem Ruth and Naomi's entire family line. All the men in Ruth and Naomi's life had passed away. So when they passed away, that would be the end of them. But through Boaz, that all changed. Boaz went on to marry Ruth, and they had children together. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore, the, restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law, who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi, this amazing mother-in-law, despite all the hardship and tragedy she personally faced, chose to unconditionally love her daughter-in-laws and chose to redeem a future for them. And not just a nice future, but a future that God had called Ruth into. This 
is the amazing things that our mums and the amazing ladies do in our lives. They don't look at our present reality. They look at who we could be and who we are called to be. And I believe that is worth celebrating today. So we have talked about this redeeming quality that mums have that calls us into the best versions of ourselves. Because of the unconditional love they have for us, they don't see our mistakes, they don't see our present reality. They see who we could be, they see who we're called to be. This amazing quality that, they, that we see in our mums, how much more does that exist in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? Mums are amazing, but the redeeming quality they have is only a shadow of what we see in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our great Redeemer. He came, on, came and died on a cross to take away all my mistakes. He took away all my sin. Everything that separated you from God is now gone if you place your faith and trust in Him. So according to the dictionary, to redeem something is to compensate for the faults or bad aspects of to do something that compensates for poor past performance or behavior, atone or make amends for sin, error, and even evil. You know that everything is covered by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. He is our great redeemer. That means all the bad days, all the past mistakes you have made as a mum are paid for in Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you? You know that mum that you see at school who's doing incredibly well and you just think is amazing and never makes any mistakes? She's having just as many bad days as you. Also, it means that because of Jesus, the past mistakes we've made, perhaps because we didn't have a great mum to look up her to, who could love us unconditionally, they're all paid for as well. Do you know that if we place our faith in God, He is far more loving and far more nurturing than even the greatest mum is. You just need to look to Him and to place your faith and trust in Him. You know, it also means that those times we've let our own mums down. You know, those times we've been a horrible kid. Those times we've done terrible things and said terrible things to our mums. Those things that we're ashamed of. They're all paid for in Jesus Christ as well. He is our great Redeemer. In Jesus, there is grace, there is mercy that covers all of those things. And all because of a God who loves us unconditionally, that He paid the ultimate price so that you could know Him and that we could be known by Him. So we could not only be redeemed by Him, but we could be redeemed for His purposes. He chooses to, chooses to use us to change the world. So we're going to finish in a few moments. But before we do, I want us to pause the video again and ask another question. What I want us to ask is, do I really understand that I have been fully redeemed? That means that everything that I'm ashamed of and everything that ever separated myself from God is paid for. That means it's gone like it never happened. Now, if you're watching this as part of a group, can I ask you to do something? If there is someone in your group who doesn't quite grasp that fact, can I get you to take a moment to pray for them? 
that God himself may reveal his love and his grace for them? That would be amazing. So we're going to finish now, but can I take a moment to pray for all you mums out there and all you amazing ladies who have invested into us and helped us to be the, the men and the women that God calls us to be, that you've redeemed those terrible aspects of our lives that we are ashamed of and you've chosen to see the good that we can become, that you've loved us unconditionally. I would love to finish by praying for you. Lord God, I just want to thank you for all the amazing ladies in our life. I want to thank you for every amazing lady who's watching this, whether they're a mom or an auntie or grandma or a nana or whatever it is, Lord God. Lord God, can I ask that you would bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, that you would encourage them in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. That you would, by your spirit, reveal how proud of you you are, or how proud of them that you are. Lord God, I pray you would bless them with every spiritual blessing in the name of Jesus. That you would favor them today, Lord God. Uh, today, above all days, Lord God, they would, they would have a revelation of this God who loves them, who cares about them, and who has called them into this amazing thing called being a mum. Lord God, I, I just thank you that we've been able to share today, that we've been able to gather and just celebrate you today as well. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.